हरे कृष्णा वॉम वेलकम टू ऑल ऑफ यू फॉर टूडेज गीता लाइव सेशन द टॉपिक फॉर द डे इज वॉट्स रॉन्ग विथ सेंस एंजॉयमेंट टिपिकल अंडरस्टैंडिंग इज दैट इफ वी हैव टू बी हैप्पी एंड दैट इज वॉट ऑल ऑफ अस आर सीकिंग आनंदमयोभ्यासात to be joyful to be blissful to be happy the typical understanding is let the senses come in contact with the sense objects dabble with the sense objects and there is a sensation of pleasure and the more we get the more the senses come in contact with the sense objects in other words the more we eat nice palatable food stuffs the more we see beautiful forms which are very very pleasing to the eyes the more we will be happy so today's session is what's wrong with that understanding so before we get into this discussion let us start the session with prayers seeking the blessings of prabhu pad lord chaitanya mahaprabhu lord shri krishna so that we can have nice discussion a meaningful discussion today with lot of important insights which we can go back and apply in our lives so please uh, fold your hands if possible and chant these prayers along with me maybe you can repeat after me <clears throat> nama om vishnu padaya krishna prishthaya bhutale श्रीमते भक्ति वेदांत स्वामीनामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषाशून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्य प्रभु निनंदीअद्वैत गाधर शिवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद नमो महावदनिया कृष्णा प्रेम प्रदाते कृष्णा कृष्ण चैतन्यमने गौरतुषे नमः नमो ब्रह्मणे देवाय गो ब्राह्मणे हिताय जगदिताय कृष्णा गोविंदय नमो नमः हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वाचाकूभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतितनाभ्यो वैष्णवभ्यो नमो नमः 
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे सो द टॉपिक इज व्हाट्स रॉन्ग विथ सेंस एंजॉयमेंट लाइक वी हैव बीन डूइंग इन प्रीवियस सेशंस वी विल कवर थ्री एस्पेक्ट्स the first aspect as far as today's discussion is concerned i would give it a heading beginning nectar ending poison i repeat beginning nectar ending poison krishna in the gita says ये ही समस्पर्श जा भोगा दुख योना ही एवते द नॉर्मल टिपिकल अंडरस्टैंडिंग इज दैट व्हेन आर सेंसेस डैबल विद सेंस ऑब्जेक्ट्स देर इज अ सेंसेशन ऑफ प्लेजर लाइक फॉर एग्जांपल इफ आई सी समथिंग वेरी ब्यूटीफुल और आई हियर समथिंग वेरी मेलोडियस व्हिच इज वेरी प्लीजिंग टू माय इयर्स नेचुरली आई फील हैप्पी i feel joyful there is a sensation of pleasure when i eat something which is very very palatable very tasty very good for my taste buds very pleasing to my taste buds i feel happy that's how in today's world you know fast food restaurants and different kinds of eatables even though it may not be very good for the body so long as it is pleasing for my tongue and gives me pleasure pleasing sensations i go for it so that's a typical understanding so more and more i bring my senses come in contact with the sense objects the more happy i will become and that's how with this understanding the entire advancement which is happening in this world is all about how we can titillate our senses more and more how we can enjoy our senses more and more in much more gorgeous much more elaborate way and such elaborate arrangements for gratifying our senses enjoying our senses is called as advancement of civilization now what's wrong so long as it is giving me pleasure if i eat something very nice what's wrong why should i restrain after all it's giving me happiness is it something wrong to be happy so krishna in the gita says yehi samsparsh jab hoga this very happiness which a person derives by senses coming in contact with the sense objects this very happiness is dukha yona hi evate is the breeding ground yoni means the womb in which the embryo grows dukha yona hi evate it is a breeding ground for dukha for misery now am i trying to convey that we should keep our senses shut we should not see anything beautiful we should not eat anything which is palatable we should not hear anything which is melodious 
Is that what Krishna is asking us to do? Just sit quietly in one place and practically don't do anything with your senses. No. Each of these senses have a proper function or a role to play. Krishna in the Gita says, Dharma aviruddho kamo asmi. Even kama, even sexual pleasure has a place. But it if against dharmic principles, then it becomes illicit sex. And then such pleasure brings misery in our lives. There is something called as base pleasure. To maintain my body for the upkeep of the body and for serving the Lord, my senses have to dabble with sense objects like we have to eat something, like we have to see something. Such base pleasures which are within the framework of dharma are allowed. There is nothing wrong in enjoying such pleasures. And when we enjoy such pleasures as per dharma, like for example a man is enjoying a company of a woman in a proper marriage framework, nothing wrong about it. So such pleasures, if it is not within the framework, if we dabble the senses with the sense objects, thinking that the more I dabble, the more I indulge, the more happier I will become. And if that becomes the philosophy of my life or the philosophy of my source of enjoyment, I am heading for trouble. That's why Krishna says, Yehi samsparshya dukhayona hi evate. So material happiness is nectar in the beginning. For example, a man sees something, let's say an adult sight, it's nectar, it's very pleasing to the eyes momentarily, it's nectar in the beginning, but it's poison in the end. We all know how many, many scandals happen because of rapes, because of abortions, because of illicit affairs, live-in relationships, so many complications which a person gets into because of uncontrolled mind, uncontrolled senses. So material happiness, material sense enjoyment is nectar in the beginning, it's poison in the end. Whereas spiritual pleasure which in human form of life we are entitled to experience, we can experience such higher pleasures are apparently poison in the beginning. For example, getting up early in the morning, it's not very pleasing to the mind and body. For example, chanting the names of the Lord, you're feeling sleepy but somehow you're pushing and you're doing it because you're following the order of the Guru who has asked us to chant. It may not be very pleasing to the mind, maybe in the initial stages. But if we pursue that path, we enjoy real pleasure or nectar in the end. One time, 
Indra was cursed by Brahaspati to become a pig, a hog. So Indra took birth as a pig and he had a sheep pig as a wife and he got children, piglets from his wife and he was dabbling in family affairs, taking care of the family, the kids and enjoying pleasure. You know, typically pigs, how do they enjoy? You know, it's a filthy place rolling all over. The body is fully covered with filth and they seem to be enjoying such pleasures, eating fresh stool. So Indra was dabbling in such pleasures and in the meantime, there was some challenge in Indra Loka, some management issues, some administrative issues and Brahma came down to invite Indra back to Indra Loka, saying that your services are required there, why don't you come over? But Indra, who was in the form of a pig, was reluctant to go. He says, no, I have my family, I have responsibility, I have my kids and I am quite happy out here. Although he is living in filth, but he seemed to be quite happy. So, Srila Prabhupada explains that there are many standards of happiness. For example, when you go to a slum, you will see some people who have not taken bath for three days, four days, tattered clothes, very dirty looking, you know, dirt all over the body. You feel so uneasy. How can they live in such an unclean state, not take bath for days together? They are comfortable with that. For them, that is happiness. They don't feel anything bad about it. But for a person who has got used to, who has experienced a clean environment, having taken bath daily, for him it is obnoxious. It's difficult for him to believe that a person can be without bath for days together. Because his standard of cleanliness, his standard of pure enjoyment is different from that a person living in a slum. So when a person's consciousness is covered, he cannot realize that he is in a miserable state. He cannot realize that there is a much higher standard of enjoyment. For example, you throw halwa to a pig, it will not be able to relish that halwa. You throw pearls and diamonds to that pig, it has no sense. Because it is happy dabbling in the pleasures, which according to us are abominable. Accordingly, the pleasures which we are dabbling in, sensual pleasures, which according to us is the highest achievement in life, according to self-realized souls, they are lower pleasures. In fact, Prabhupada says, such sensual pleasures, the pleasures which a person, Atma experiences when the senses come in contact with the sense objects is available in plenty 
in all other life forms also. For example, dog in a street chasing a she-dog is also experiencing pleasure, the sensual pleasure. Prabhupada was quite blunt. He made the statement, a dog may have an intercourse in the street and experience that pleasure. A man can indulge in similar pleasure and intercourse in an air-conditioned building, in a multi-storied apartment, in a very, very cozy environment, in a very soft bed. But the intrinsic quality of the pleasure is the same. What dog is experiencing in a street, in open, a man may experience maybe in a very, very exalted surroundings, in a very nice environment, but the standard of pleasure is the same. In human form of life, with our developed intelligence, with discretion, with discrimination, we are entitled to experience a much higher standard of pleasure. Ramante yogi no anante and the standard of that pleasure is it is ananta. Ananta means it is not temporary. Ant means it ends. Sensual pleasures are temporary. They are nectar in the beginning. They are poison in the end. Real genuine pleasures are eternal in nature, are ever increasing. Law of diminishing returns doesn't set in. In fact, the more you dabble, the more you feel happy. Anandam budhi vardhanam pratipadam purnamrita swadhanam. Anandam budhi vardhanam. Anand, the happiness, vardhanam, vardhanam means increases, pratipadam, every step. Purnam swadhanam and when one dabbles in such pleasures, he feels completely satisfied and contented. As I mentioned earlier, in our present society, everyone is moving ahead in life with the understanding that the more we gratify our senses, the more we will be happy, the more enjoyment we will experience. And there is fundamental mistake in this understanding. And that's why we see a lot of conflicts, a lot of misery, a lot of pain, a lot of entanglement, a lot of marriages ending up in divorces, a lot of abortions happening, a lot of rape cases, all because of uncontrolled mind and uncontrolled senses. That's why Krishna in the Gita says, Kama Esha, Krodh Esha, Rajoguna, Samudbhava, Mahashano, Mahapapma, Yavairina. It is lust only, which is the greatest enemy of the living entity. And then Krishna, being very kind upon us, is giving us a hint. If you have to attack that enemy, if you have to kill that enemy, where can you find that enemy? And then Krishna says, Senses, mind and intelligence are the sitting places of lust. So this karma, which is the greatest enemy of the living entity, where it is sitting? It is sitting on our senses. We fulfill our karma by dabbling with sense objects. 
Therefore, Krishna in the next verse says, from the very beginning, regulate your senses. Restrain your senses. Gives example like a tortoise. Tortoise, whenever it has use of its limb, it takes it out, uses the limb and whenever it wants, it can retract back. So, we also, we cannot completely shut our senses. That's not what Krishna is advising. But we should restrain and use it only for our bodily maintenance. The pleasures what we experience, the base pleasure for maintaining this body, for achieving our goal of life, the human form of life, such pleasures is completely allowed. So the first aspect which we covered, please make a note of it. Maybe someone can help us type it out in the live chat. If anyone can remember the topic, the heading. Beginning nectar, ending poison. Very good. Rohit, Gadadhara, Ganda, Gangadhara. Very nice. Saurav, beginning nectar, ending poison. Very nice, Sindhu, Balagopal. Well done. So, the first aspect which we covered today is what's wrong with sensual pleasures? It is beginning nectar, ends in poison. Even today, the entire media news channels are covering the Susant Singh Rajput case. If you analyze, do a little bit of introspection, it's all the game of unregulated senses. Be his affairs with Riha Chakravarti, be his dabbling with drugs, it's all about unregulated senses and the mind. See how much complication, how much mess it has created. Headlines, media channels, day after day, day after day for the last two months are covering a news item. The, the basis, the underlying cause is unregulated sense enjoyment. You can do a little bit of introspection and you will agree with what I am saying. The second aspect what I would like to cover today is sense pleasure is wrongly directed. We can just remember two words wrongly directed. Now what do I mean by wrongly directed? Our scriptures give us a wonderful example of a chariot driven by five horses. In this example, the five horses represent the five senses. Eyes, ears, nose, tongue and touch, a skin. The horses are controlled by the reins. The reins in this example represents our mind. The chariot driver who is controlling the reins, controlling the horses using the reins represents our intelligence. And the passenger in the chariot represents the Atma, the soul. 
So typically in a chariot, we see that the flow of command, the direction of command is coming from the passenger to the driver, driver to the horses through the reins and that's how the chariot moves in the direction in which the passenger wants the ultimate destination of the passenger and all along the route the passenger is happy because very soon he will be reaching the desired destination. Now in this example of chariot where this chariot is driven by five horses, our mind being the reins, the driver being the intelligence and the Atma being the passenger in the chariot. In our present life with uncontrolled mind and uncontrolled senses, the flow of command, the direction of command is opposite. Instead of Atma saying and directing the intelligence and intelligence directing the mind and mind directing the senses, in our present civilization with no proper training, the senses is directing the soul. Based on what we want to eat, based on the demands of the senses, the mind starts making plans. The origin of idea comes from the senses. I want to eat this. I want to see this. I want to hear this. The desires, sensual desires. And based on that, the mind starts making plans. And then the intelligence becomes a slave of the senses. Instead of using spiritual intelligence, instead of having that spiritual intellect, what is in my self-interest, the intelligence starts making plans to fulfill the desires of the senses and the Atma, the passenger is helplessly sitting watching the whole show. Now visualize you are in a chariot, although these days we don't see chariot quite often, but assuming that you are in a chariot driven by five horses, there is a chariot driver and he has that lagam, the reins in his hand. And all the horses are unruly, untamed, unchecked, each one trying to move in different directions. Each one trying to move the chariot, pull the chariot in different directions. And the chariot driver, he is actually not properly trained, he is weak. He is trying to control the horses but each one is moving in different direction. And the chariot is wobbling, any moment it can skid off the road and can meet with an accident and the passenger in the chariot is completely in a panic stricken state, completely in anxiety, not knowing where the chariot is heading, not knowing when it will meet with an accident and he is in a panic state of affairs. Actually this is what people get into when they have panic attacks, when they have hypertension, blood pressure, heart attacks not able to control the mind, not able to control the senses, not able to control their emotions and get into mess. So Vedic civilization, the first training which a person would get is Brahmacharya training. How to control the mind, how to control the senses, how to tame the horses 
if you have to have a smooth ride we have no option but to have the horses which are well trained and obedient the horses have to listen to the chariot driver the chariot driver has to be skilled chariot driver should know how to control the horses and then and only then if you are in such a chariot then you will have a smooth ride and you can expect to reach your destination safely so all of us are moving fast in life unfortunate state is most of us do not know the destination we do not know the destination and we are moving in a horse moving in a chariot unfortunately all the horses in the chariot are unruly untamed unchecked the intelligence is weak the spiritual intellect is weak and we are meeting with innumerable accidents accidents could be in the form of rapes accident could be in the form of murders accident could be in the form of abortions accident could be in the form of illicit relationships which messes up somebody's family somebody's life leads one to suicide all that is the result of untamed mind and untamed senses so the aspect what we covered the second aspect is wrongly directed the senses have to be directed by the mind by the intelligence and eventually by the soul but in our present case it's wrongly directed instead of we directing the senses the senses are directing us so please help me with in case you can type it out in the chat, uh, live chat the second aspect what we covered is here we have this is neelam gupta wrongly directed rohit gangadhara ashwin shrinivasan it's wrongly directed because instead of we using our intelligence guiding our mind and the senses the reverse thing is happening the senses are directing us our tongue is directing us our ears are directing us our eyes are directing us and we are making elaborate plans to fulfill their desires without knowing our real self interest having talked about sense control sense pleasure some of us may be getting a feeling that spirituality is all about you know senses being restrained no enjoyment eat bland food do not hear anything melodious no singing no dancing no eating of nice palatable food stuff so today we have compiled one video for all of you where this was the first flash mob which was done by iskon bangalore in one of the malls one of the busiest mall mantri mall in bangalore and you can see the devotees are chanting they are dancing they are singing to a nice melodious song and enjoying so just to get a glimpse of spiritual life is not about 
being sedate, sedentary, laid back life. So get a glimpse of that and then we will come to the third aspect of today's discussion. Krishna Hare Hare 
this video was to give you a glimpse that spirituality is not devoid of happiness and pleasure one can enjoy life using his senses also in relationship with the lord the first aspect was beginning nectar ending poison that's what sensual pleasures is all about and the second aspect is sensual pleasures are wrongly directed instead of the soul directing the intelligence the mind and the senses the reverse is happening in our lives and as a result we are getting entangled we are facing miseries in our life now the third point the third aspect a very important aspect and the heading is gone astray gone astray there's a very nice verse in our scriptures which says patanga matanga kuranga bhringa meenahata i'll go one by one patanga Patanga means moth. Just a week back, you know, it was raining very heavily. We stay in the fourth floor of a building. So I was watching. I got up early in the morning. It's around three thirty in the morning when I was looking down. So there was a street lamp light, and it was raining very heavily, pouring very heavily. And around that street light, I saw. lot of moths buzzing around that light in spite of that heavy rain pouring on them still they were determined to hover around that light and i'm sure i didn't go in the morning but in the morning all of them all those patangas all those moths would have been lying dead below that light it seems that when the moth come closer to that light that heat that warmth is very very intoxicating for them although it may start burning them burning their bodies but they cannot resist that attraction to that flame of light and they helplessly drawn towards it and then they are burned to death and they'll be lying all dead below that light so our scriptures say that patanga because of one weakness because of his eyes being uncontrolled and drawn towards that fire towards that light it loses its life 
पतंगा तो नेक्स्ट मतंगा मतंगा रेफर्स टू और मींस द एलिफेंट यू नो एलिफेंट ह्यूज अनटेम्ड एलिफेंट फ्यू टन्स नॉट टू टेम सच एन एलिफेंट इज हर्क्यूलियन टास्क इमेजिन a human being 50 kg 60 kg 70 kg wants to train a wild elephant which is few tons so what they do they have trained she elephants and the trained she elephant passes by this male elephant untamed unruly wild elephant male elephant and touches at a particular spot behind the back of the elephant moment the elephant is touched there it gets intoxicated and starts chasing that she elephant and there is whole plan laid out the she elephant has been trained the male elephant chases that she elephant the she elephant passes by a pit a pit which is very deep very big in size but covered by bamboo and green grass so very expertly the female elephant moves by the side of that pit and the male elephant the wild elephant chasing that she elephant comes to that spot and drops down in that pit and this man who is just 6 feet in height weighing 50 kg 60 kg starts taming that elephant for days together starving that elephant beating that elephant and after few days the elephant gives up becomes tamed starts obeying the order given by the man so in this case elephant the touch is the weak link because of which wild elephant weighing few tons gets captured and eventually gets tamed so just one sense in case of elephant the sense of touch becomes the cause of its bondage then patanga matanga kuranga kuranga refers to deer deer as we know they run very fast and if there is a hunter who wants to hunt a deer it's not possible to chase and then you know hit that deer with an arrow or a bullet because it runs so fast but it has one sense which is very very weak and that is the sense of hearing moment the hunter starts playing something very melodious let's say a flute the deer which otherwise can run very fast stands on one spot like a painting on a wall stands still like a tame duck sitting there and the hunter very easily shoots the arrow and kills the deer so deer loses the eyes life because of one sense being weak and that is the sense of hearing patanga matanga kuranga bhringa bhringa means honey bee honey bee you know some of the bees they are so powerful that they can actually bore a hole 
in the bark of a tree tree trunk very thick it can actually bore a hole into it so this honeybee is looking for nectar going flower to flower when it comes to lotus flowers it actually gets intoxicated with the nice aroma and starts hovering on that lotus flower and as we know after the sun sets you know the lotus flower closes itself and this bringa this honeybee also gets entrapped in that lotus because the petals have wound up now as we know this honeybee is quite powerful to bore a hole even in the bark of a tree but because it is intoxicated with the smell of that lotus it just remains there intoxicated with all the petals wound up it remains the whole night and gets suffocated to death next day morning when the sun rises the lotus petals open you can find the bringa dead within so this bringa although is very mighty very powerful just because of one weakness of the sense and that is smell aroma it loses its life then the fifth one patanga matanga kuranga bringa meena meena means the fish fish as we know is very slippery if you want to catch a fish in your hand just slip off you just can't put your hand into water even if it's a shallow water you just can't pick up the fish it slip off from your hands so what do the fishermen do they have a fishing rod they have a hook and on the hook they will put a bait the bait is something which is it could be a worm it could be some eatable which is very very tempting for the fish although the fish have some sense of danger they are also very cautious everyone is you know very cautious no one wants to die no living entity wants to die even if there is an ant you try to stop it will just immediately turn and it has some sense it has some intelligence to sense some danger so now this hunter goes with a hook and throws the hook with a bait dangling on that hook and this fish because of the weakness of the tongue the taste gets snaps on to that hook tries eating that so called bait or the worm and the fisherman moment he gets that the hook has gone the mouth of this thing gives a jerk and the fish is caught so the meena the fish loses its life because of one sense going astray and that becomes the cause of its death and what is that sense the sense of taste so this nice verse this verse from our scripture says patanga matanga kuranga bhringa meena hata they die they lose their life why because pancha abhireva pancha because of each one of them one of the five senses eka one of the five senses becomes the cause of its death now let's take the case of a human being eka pramahati sakatham eka just because of one sense 
these living entities which we talked about the deer the elephant the bringa the moth the honeybee and the fish loses their life what to say of a human being whose all five senses have gone astray what to speak of a human being how much prone he is to attacks of maya how much prone he is to get entangled in this material world because all the five senses are untamed unchecked for some people you know the, the tongue for some people the ears prominently unchecked but for most of the people all the senses are weak so all the more it is required that we heed to the instructions given by krishna in the bhagavad gita where krishna is saying the senses mind and intelligence are the sitting places of lust which is the all devouring enemy of the living entity and then he says from the very beginning in fact from the beginning of life regulate the senses control the senses some people say why we you have to control just eat drink be merry enjoy life who has seen the next life actually if we follow this philosophy of life for sure in the short term we may enjoy nectar in the beginning but long term for sure we will mess up our lives so if we have to have a pleasure sensation which is anandam budhi vardhanam pratipadam every moment it is increasing that pleasure which lasts that pleasure which is not temporary that pleasure which is elevating that pleasure which does not entangle us that pleasure which does not bound us then we have no option but to relish spiritual pleasure dabble the senses in relationship with the lord eat palatable food stuffs which are offered to the lord as prasadam hear melodious music nothing wrong about it but that music should have connection with the lord glorification of the lord so when we enjoy such sensual pleasures they are not only authorized actually such pleasures elevate the soul so let us see who can get all the three aspects pen down on the live chat all the three aspects i will read out the names of few people who get it right the first aspect the second aspect and the third aspect let us see who can get it first for human beings all senses are unchecked beginning nectar ending poison wrongly directed subarav has got it right rajendra rajani pushpa krishnan meera sindhu nilam ji sandesh bhopale sense enjoyment is nectar in the beginning it's poison in the end our senses are wrongly directed and the last one is all our senses have gone astray again we don't have to get discouraged demoralized even if all our senses have gone astray by the mercy of a pure devotee of the lord like shila prabhupad if we follow his instructions if we take his guidance we can learn how to tame the senses 
how to check the forces, the vegam of our senses, vegam of our mind. And we can, just like in a chariot, the horses can be tamed, can be trained. The chariot can move very smoothly with a nice chariot driver driving those horses. Likewise, this human form of life also can be nicely run, nicely managed with controlled mind and spiritual intelligence and tamed senses. That is what spirituality is all about. So, we will take up some questions today. Uh, it is 5.30. This question is from Vikas Sharma. Is wearing gemstones prescribed by astrologer an impediment in Krishna consciousness and self-realization? By the way, I would like to mention this. Probably I will mention this again. I will be reading out few questions and as we all know many times we are not able to cover all the questions. So those of you who have asked the question but I am not able to reply that because of paucity of time, we have limited time, we try to end the session by 6 pm. Then you can write the same question in the comments later on, not now. If your question is answered, great. If it remains unanswered, you can type that question or cut and paste that question in the comments chat and we assure you we will reply to that question. And even others who will be viewing this video later on, let that answer be for them as well. So please make sure your question is also typed in the comment section of this video and we will be answering them shortly. So question from Vikas Sharma, is wearing gemstone prescribed by astrologer an impediment in Krishna consciousness and self-realization? I am not very familiar with this science, although I know it is a Vedic science, astrology, astronomy. If there is a bona fide astrologer who is conversant with the Vedic understanding and prescribed, a person might be helped with such so-called gemstones. But we in Krishna consciousness believe that by taking shelter of the Lord, by chanting His holy names, by praying to Lord Narsimha for protection, which is the highest, we do not need help of such things like gemstones, or going to an astrologer. There was one numerologist in Bangalore, very famous. His ads used to come very often in newspapers. His name was R.C. Kalia. And below that ad, he used to write, Kalia can tell your future, but he cannot change it. So astrologers, astronomers, this uh, numerologist, they can foretell our future, but the change of our destiny can happen by the blessings of the Lord. So rather than putting our faith on such means, we can put our faith on the Lord, on His blessings, on His mercy, for His protection and I am sure we can 
expect a lot of pleasant changes in our life. This question is from Krishnanand Nayak. Nowadays, science take, talks about dopamine and other chemicals released in the body to have happiness. Then what is the difference between sense enjoyment and spiritual enjoyment? As I mentioned, yes, there is a release of dopamine, serotonin and other pleasure chemicals. But such chemicals are released for a temporary period. For example, when a person takes a cup of coffee, there is caffeine, chemical, it is very soothing, it's stress busting, a person feels stimulated for the time being, but then there is a crash. It doesn't last for long. Whereas spiritual happiness, as I mentioned earlier, anandam buddhi vardhanam, it increases more and more. More and more we chant the names of the Lord, the more and more we experience pleasure. And such pleasure is lasting pleasure. It is not temporary. It is not like the dopamine getting released and then after some time subsides. Again, we have to do something to release that dopamine. Again, it subsides. Whereas spiritual pleasure is real and it is eternal in nature. Unending. Anantam. This question is from <coughs> Sunil Kumar. Is Bhagwan Shri Krishna angry with India? Interesting question. Covid pandemic refuses to end. China keeps attacking sneakingly and media obsessed with SSR case. Is there something wrong with our karma and indulgent senses? For sure, something is wrong with our mind and senses, for sure. Because of uncontrolled mind and senses, we end up doing wrong activities. Because of wrong activities or wrong karma, we have the reactions which we have to suffer. Nothing comes uncalled for or free in this world. We have to pay for what we have done, be it individually, be it collectively, be it nationally, be it internationally. International karmic reaction is global warming depletion of oxygen, the ozone layer. It could be collective karma of individuals in a particular country. The whole country can go through lot of turmoil, lot of chaos. It could be in a family. It could be as an individual. So for sure, it is because of karma and karma means actions done because of uncontrolled mind and uncontrolled senses. This question is from Amrita Masani. Prabhuji really can't control the mind because of COVID, feel so scared. I'm a senior citizen and then can't sleep. I'm very nervous. We can understand, yes, we are all going through tough times. The pandemic is on and a lot of people are getting infected. Many people are getting killed because of this virus, viral infection. We had made a series on COVID, a playlist in our channel, HK Mumbai channel. Please try if you can watch the videos in that playlist. We have totally about 18 videos. And I would say in present times, all these 18 videos are quite relevant. One of the video was how to overcome fear, where we talked about chanting the Narsima prayers 
chanting narsimha kavacha we had also shared the link and many other videos which are relevant to the question what you have asked so rather than getting into the details here i would request you to kindly watch the videos in the playlist on covid in our youtube channel this question is from kamal jyoti talukdar how can we experience whether our senses are controlling us rather than we controlling our senses as i mentioned when we maintain this body we have to eat now eating the right kind of food stuff just for maintaining the body is we controlling the senses there's a difference between we living to eat and eating to live eating to live is to maintain our body and soul together and living to eat that's a philosophy many people practice living to eat in fact i don't remember there was a civilization we we had read in history books they were so fond of eating so fond of eating that they would eat and the stomach would get full they will have no appetite to eat further they will actually vomit so that they can create space in their stomach to eat again again they eat and again vomit and again they eat because they want to dabble in the pleasure of the tongue for a long time so if we are eating to live to maintain this body and soul together then we are controlling the senses if our senses are demanding you know already we have eaten lunch and then we want the pizza we want some snacks and then we want some biscuits and we are gone eating some food stuff even though there is no hunger in the stomach we are not hungry just because we feel like eating something our tongue is uncontrolled then we can say that we are being controlled by our senses by our tongue so just to give you an idea same is the case with all the senses this question is from krishan kumar how to practice control of our five senses in the bhagavad gita krishna says if we artificially try to restrain the senses from the sense objects it's very difficult at times it becomes a repression and it will not last for long many times people i have shared this example earlier many time people when they want to lose weight they start dieting they start you know fasting so that they can lose weight and one day two day three days they somehow restrain themselves eat very less or eat one time and they actually lose weight also but after four days five days the senses because of that suppression that repression you know there is bounce back of the senses and a person starts indulging and whatever weight he has lost in those 5 days 10 days he gains back so krishna in the gita says vishaya vinivartante niraharasya dehina for a dehina for an embodied soul for him to restrain from sense objects artificially by suppression it is very very painful it's very difficult it will not last for long then krishna says raso varjam rasopiyasya 
परम दृष्टवा निवर्तते बट बाय एक्सपीरियंसिंग अ हायर टेस्ट वन कैन इजिली गिव अप टेस्ट फॉर लोअर थिंग्स सो आर प्रोसेस इज नॉट टू somehow artificially hold on to all the senses not to allow the senses to indulge or come in contact with the sense objects no that's not our process our process is to chant the names of the lord to experience a higher taste automatically when we experience a higher taste a taste for lower things will pale off when we start eating prasadam when we make a resolve that i will eat only food which is offered to the lord not only it will purify your existence automatically there will be a check on your senses tomorrow when you go to the market and you see uh, nice sweets displayed in a sweet shop you have already made a resolve i will not eat it's bhoga i will not eat unless it is offered to the lord unless it is prasadam so although it may be very tempting but one part of your mind will say no not for me i will not take bhoga automatically the senses gets regulated so this question is from traction dk please help me make control on i my i always attracted towards lusty things even i don't want to we should sincerely try there are many instructions krishna says restrain from the sense objects even one of the roaming senses on which the mind focuses can carry away a person's intelligence there are many many instructions of the lord over and above following such instructions we will at times commit mistakes because they are habituated we have habitual response to sense objects we should not become impatient we should not lose heart we should get up learn from the mistakes with the determination we should again try to follow this cycle of falling again learning from the mistake again trying to attempt again falling down may happen n number of times while we are going through this cycles we should ardently also pray to the lord for his blessings for his mercy krishna in the gita says devi esha gunamai mama maya dhuratteya this illusory energy of mind this maya shakti which tempts us which tries to pull one down krishna says it's dhuratteya it's difficult to overpower this maya energy of the lord just by sheer will power just by our own efforts prabhupad gives an example just like when a person a ship is capsized and the person is is drowning or is fallen in the atlantic ocean even if he is an expert swimmer on his own he cannot come to the shore imagine in the atlantic ocean for days together if a person is swimming he will not be able to reach the shore depends again where he has fallen in that ocean but an helicopter can come and lift him up so same way we have fallen in this ocean samsara sagara and the sagara of sense objects vishaya sagare this ocean of sense objects just like an ocean full of water 
This material existence means full of material sense gratification. So many temptation, more so in present day world with internet accessible to us. We can see anything we want, we can hear anything we want. And these days people are working on virtual reality. They want to even use their touch sensation. So it becomes difficult. We get tempted. We get allured. Because we are habituated to such pleasure for many many lifetimes, all the more it becomes difficult. But in the Bhagavatam it is said, Kaler doshanidhe rajan asti reko mahadguna. Although this Kaliuga is an ocean of faults, there are so many allurements, so many temptations, so many things to pull us down from our spiritual consciousness. Asti reko mahadguna, but there is one good quality. What is that? Kirtanad eva krishnasya mukta sangha param rajit. Just by chanting the names of Krishna, we can experience a higher taste. We can easily by the mercy of the Lord, by the mercy of the holy name of the Lord, by the mercy of Nama Prabhu, keep ourselves away from such temptations and not fall down because of such temptations. So try to follow the principles which Krishna is sharing in the Bhagavad Gita to regulate the senses, not to indulge not to see such things which will pull us down and also pray to the Lord to give us strength, to give us wisdom, to give us intelligence to discriminate and make the right choices. This question is from Abhishek Kar. How to control lust in spite of trying very hard always seem to get carried away? Yes. Today morning we had a session in which the similar question was asked. More so when we are trying to sincerely practice. They say that that which we try to resist persists. Many times we try the route of suppression or repression. It will not last. So that's why our path involves Taking to spirituality seriously, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, chanting, hearing, reading, hearing about the Lord, so that we experience a higher taste and when we experience proportionately our inclination for dabbling in lower taste will go away. That's our process. Now again, while we follow this process, we have to be patient. There are four stages in our growth. The first stage which we all find ourselves is called hopeless defeat. Time and again we get defeated. The stage, the bottommost stage is called hopeless defeat. And when we are trying to practice the spiritual principles, struggling to follow in spite of our past habits and occasionally we fall down, if we persist, then we reach a stage called struggle and defeat. We are struggling to not fall down, but because of habitual responses, we get defeated. 
most of the time. So that stage is called struggle and defeat. Still, if we persist, we pray, we beg the Lord, we patiently follow, we sincerely make attempts, we learn from our mistakes, then we graduate to the third stage and the stage is struggle and victory. To give an example that when we are trying to learn drive a car, first it's hopeless defeat. We don't know whether should I focus on the clutch or on the gear, on the accelerator or on the steering wheel. How can a person focus simultaneously on all four things? It's impossible. It's hopeless defeat. And then the next stage is with some training, we reach a stage where struggle and defeat. We are struggling to focus on all the things, but we end up in defeat. And then if we continue our practice, we reach a stage where struggle and victory, with the trainer sitting next to you, most of the time you are able to get it right. But at times when you are going wrong, the trainer takes charge and controls the vehicle. It is called struggle and victory. Most of the time we are victorious, but there is an element of struggle. The mind is still trying to adjust to focus simultaneously on clutch, gear, accelerator, brake. And the final stage is effortless victory. You have seen typically people who are proficient with driving cars, they are talking on the phone, engage in a conversation, listening to some music and driving in a heavy traffic this thing. Automatically the hands, the legs are moving with proper synchronization. That's because of practice and training. So likewise, when we practice the principles which Krishna has taught, we may not immediately reach a stage of effortless victory. There will be hopeless defeat, struggle and defeat, struggle and victory and then effortless victory. While following this process, we have to be patient, we have to be enthusiastic and we have to be determined. Utsaha, Dhairya and Nishchaya. This question is from Anand Bharadwaj. When with close friends, it is difficult to avoid some sensual pleasure since if we are only focused on spiritual pleasure, we may come across as too rude and accused of being holier than thou. It's a very relevant, pertinent question more so when we are practicing some spiritual principles and still, you know, we have our family responsibilities, we have a job at hand and we have to go for team meetings, we have to go for parties and things like that. These days, I have seen a lot of people for health reasons, they don't let's say eat meat or they don't drink or at times people are vegans practicing that like Virat Kohli now is a vegan I'm sure he'll be attending parties where people are drinking people are smoking people are you know taking all kinds of non-veg so how will he deal with it and I have heard that at times people give other people space okay he doesn't want to eat it's fine we can also 
try to explain that I am following these principles and as a result of which I do not eat non-veg or I do not smoke or I do not drink and hope that they will understand. And to give them company, when I was working and you know I had started practicing this thing, so they would go to the parties and at times the friends and colleagues would be drinking and then I will be taking some soft drinks. See if we can give them company rather than being very snobbish and being completely ostracized. See if we can join them with some other kind of drinks which is acceptable for our Krishna conscious principles. It's little difficult but with some intelligence we can find a way to manage such situations. This question is from Rohit Gangadhara. Due to lower taste in past, it's difficult to focus on present tense including spiritual activities. How do I experience real pleasure? We try our best to follow and pray to the Lord for His mercy, for His blessings. Both have to happen simultaneously. Our attempts to follow alone will not bring us success. And we will not get the mercy of the Lord unless the Lord sees that we are striving hard to practice the principles. So we try both things. We Lord helps, God helps those who help themselves. So we try our best. There's a nice example of the sparrow who lost the eggs in the ocean. And the sparrow was so determined that it sat on the shore of that ocean and started filling the water in the beak with the idea that it will empty out the ocean so that it can get back the eggs. Now imagine a small sparrow, a sparrow, how much water can it collect in the beak? And it was doing it quite in a very determined way religiously. When Garuda saw that the sparrow is determined, he came down and ordered the ocean to return back the eggs. Otherwise, he will empty out the ocean. So when we take shelter of the Lord, beg for his blessings, mercy, guidance, he is in our heart. From him come knowledge, remembrance and forgetfulness. I am sure we can follow the principles. While we are attempting that, as I mentioned earlier, we have to be patient, we have to be enthusiastic and we have to be determined. This question is from Meera Thyagarajan. For others happiness, we tend to do bad things or not do good things even if we know that it is wrong. How can we control that? I have not understood the question properly, but nevertheless, we should have some principles, some values and in very exceptional cases, in rare cases, we should digress from them. That is the meaning of leading a principled life. A life should not be based on our circumstances, based on pleasing other people and every time our life and action should be guided, our choices should be guided by certain principles, certain values, which we should little bit introspect and finalize. 
some principles which I will follow in all circumstances, then we will be in a better position to handle and control ourselves. This question is from Kirti Ramya. I am chanting 16 rounds morning 8 in the evening 8. Is it okay? But my mind wandering, how should I chant? I have shared with you earlier in our previous session, very nice training sessions on chanting is given by Madhu Pandit Prabhu. On YouTube, you can type soulful japa and you will find a playlist with all the videos. Although there are many, many videos, now there are about 100 odd videos. If you are very sincerely wanting to improve the quality of your japa, I would strongly recommend that you can watch the videos. If you have time, present COVID time, if you have time, it's blessing in disguise. We can watch those videos and it will help a long way. It will go a long way in improving our chanting quality. And also we can improve our quality chanting, quality of our chanting if we try to chant our rounds as much as possible in the morning and if possible during Brahma Murta. That's an ideal time where we are relatively fresh and even the environment is very conducive for spiritual practices. So see if you can try this and improve the quality of your chanting. This question is from Geetesh Banka. Kindly comment on homosexuality, whether it is natural and what is the Vedic perspective of this topic. Soul is neither male nor female. Soul is neither man nor woman. By nature's arrangement, when the soul enters a male's body, there is attraction to an opposite sex, in this case a woman built in. But at times, just like the normal circumstances, a person is born with two legs, two eyes, two hands. But at times because of bad karma, a soul can get a body with some deformities. A person can get a body and right from his childhood he is blind. So likewise, because of karmic reaction, quite possible the soul has entered into a body of male, but the switch attraction to the opposite sex has not happened and the person is still getting attracted to a male. So as per Vedic time, it is it is definitely a consequence of bad karma because of which we have to, it's an abnormal situation although we are trying to legalize this thing because so many people are having that affinity, homosexual tendencies. Even countries are trying to legalize that. We try our best to understand the root cause and find a solution by addressing the root cause and the root cause is that we have karmic reactions latent in our mind body system because of the bad karma we have done in this life and our previous lives. We try by the mercy of the Lord 
by following spiritual practices nullify those reactions and automatically whatever anomalies abnormalities we have encountered in our lives will be sorted out in due course of time that is the process which we should try to follow thank you very much for joining us today look forward to having you again next sunday same time 4:30 pm hare krishna